Hubhopper Originals. We are are born free and equal free to walk and free to talk. Don't discriminate, learn to appreciate. So you don't have to imitate, don't be the one to hate. It's never too late. You got the right to life. Innocent to prove and guilty, you can say what you like. Gotta get the education, don't throw it away. Know your human rights, cause it can help you someday. Welcome to the Born Free and Equal podcast with United for Human Rights and Hub Hopper. I'm your host, Fraser Scott, Mumbai Director of United for Human Rights, broadcasting from the surreal twilight zone we now call Quarantine Life, where science fiction predictions have turned to science fact, and we all exist on our own lonely pods, bringing a whole new meaning to podcast. Joining me on today's show is a woman who grabbed the attention of the world and put it onto the rights of women even taking on the mighty Indian censorship board and in a cunning judo move, flipping the opposition into worldwide media coverage for her brilliant and important film. Co-writer of Made in Heaven and writer-director of Lipstick Under My Burka, Alan Kritter Shrivastava. Welcome, Alan <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Great. We're happy to have you. Also joining me is my partner in crime against human rights crime, an actress nominated Best Actress at the Dubai and Shanghai Film Festivals and winner of the Human Rights Hero Award presented to her last year at the United Nations, Sheena Chohan. Thanks, Fraser, and thank you, Alankrita, firstly for joining us, but most importantly for the vital work that you've done for universal human dignity and for standing for the rights of women. You've reached the world with your message, so we hope that this dialogue digs deeper into the thinking behind your excellent focus on equal women's rights. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our chat. Yes. And so, Alankrita, let's look at your chosen right, which is don't discriminate. It's Article 19 of the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights. Now, before I read it, I want to define the word distinction, which means separating things into different groups. So, Article 19 states, everyone is entitled to all the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration without distinction of any kind, such as race, color, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth or other status. Alan Krita, why did you choose this right? I feel like uh, all human beings are born equal. But that's not how life uh, pans out. And that's not how society is um, structured. And uh, things are not equal, actually, for every uh, human being on uh, this planet. And uh, particularly when you look at uh, the difference between men and women, one finds that women continue to uh, be uh, treated like second class citizens uh, you know, on the planet. So I just feel like uh, it's such an obvious thing and so much time has passed and yet like inequality sort of uh, continues to stare us in the face. So there is constant discrimination, I feel, whether it's at a social level, at a legal level. It's just in in one's personal life, in uh, the political sphere. So I feel like discrimination is, is, is really something, you know, that I feel strongly about. And of course, one keeps hoping for a world uh, without discrimination. And the sad thing is that one knows that that's not going to happen in one's lifetime. Yeah, I know what you mean. Luckily, there's real warriors like you out there pushing it forward. (laughs) Yeah, and I love what you said. And I think that's really what is needed is to make people aware and educate them about their rights. Because if you don't know your rights, how do you stop it from being violated? I really like how you see the role of art 
and film playing in society towards women empowerment especially through your characters you focus on women as shapers of a culture rather than just being objectified i think it's a very powerful perspective yeah i definitely feel there's um, of course uh, one all hopes to do uh, much more through one's life but i feel like with me because i'm a writer director i try to express uh, what i feel through my characters and uh, through my stories uh, though i don't feel like i plan that okay now i have to like tell a story which is going to somehow reverse the status or totally challenge the status quo but i feel in just being honest ab- about one's politics and about how one sees women if one lets that honesty seep into one's work i feel what happens is very naturally characters and stories end up expressing a, a sort of agency you know so one doesn't have to plan to be like i'm going to make this film which will overturn this kind of thought but just i feel giving agency to full body female characters or other characters who are on the fringes automatically ends up creating a situation where one hopes that an audience watching uh, whether it's a show like Made in Heaven or it's a film like uh, Lipstick or my later films as well. You know, you hope that people will start thinking more about the fact that women also are full-bodied human beings and they have agency, they have ambition, they have desires and they also are equal citizens of the country and equal citizens of the world. And the purpose of, of women's existence in this world is not to serve the needs of men, which is mostly how they are portrayed and mostly how they're sort of, especially in India, sort of raised to live their lives. So it's a small way. And I guess it's everyone expresses their politics through their work uh, in their own unique way. And this is my sort of small way of doing it. That's a beautiful way, I must say. And your filmography really boasts of strong female characters. And you've always wanted to keep women the center of your stories. And I love how you deal with freedom for women. You rightly said that women should not be like second-class citizens because they are equally human. And why should their life be less valuable than a man? And so let's talk about what the Constitution of India says. Article 15 states, The state shall not discriminate against any citizen on grounds only of religion, race, caste, sex, or place of birth. So, Alan Critter, this right covers so many vital issues to the country at the moment, the most heated being religious discrimination right now. But within the field of discrimination against women, what are the major issues facing the country today? First of all, I want to say that the thing about discrimination against women is that it, if you actually look at the intersectionality of it, even within discrimination based on caste or religion, I feel women are the biggest sufferers. So mm, right. what is very interesting is that actually patriarchy knows no religion or caste or region or anything. It just cuts across nations and societies and cultures and all of that. So I feel that looking at women having equal rights doesn't mean one is ignoring the nuances that come with looking at women from uh, castes that have been traditionally discriminated against because that makes things way worse for them. So I would say that the big issues facing women, I feel, are at various uh, sort of levels. So I think like at a very basic uh, level, it's like the fact that there is so much crime against women it's, it's, I think, the most basic sort of uh, uh, issue because it's literally like I, I, I spent a lot of time in Delhi when I was growing up. And I still remember, you know, my first experience really of uh, feeling like I'm a, a woman. Actually, I was only about 11 and not yet 12. I hadn't even hit puberty. And I remember I'd gone for a walk in the park. These men, um, they came and they kind of surrounded me. And I really didn't know what to do. I was really very scared and I started screaming and somehow I managed to run away from the park and come back uh, home. But, you know, it was so strange. That was like my the first experience and the first memory that has really stayed with me of feeling like, oh my God, like I'm a woman and somehow that makes things unsafe uh, for me. And I was not even 12, you know, so I feel it was such a traumatizing experience. And that's what I'm saying, that the basic thing that, you can be out on the streets and there is so much catcalling, eve teasing. The fact that the rampancy of like uh, rape in India. So I just feel the first thing is that physically like whether on the streets and of course then you look at the other perspective that there's so much domestic violence. So I just mm. feel the first and primary thing is just physical safety. So that's one very, very important thing because I feel 
especially in a city like Delhi, I feel it, 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 it plays like a big part because you don't feel like you own the city, like the way men do and you can just go and sort of do anything. So I feel like that's one uh, critical thing. Then of course, uh, one comes to the fact that even now, a girl child is not welcomed into the world in the same way. So there is still so much discrimination against the girl child, whether it's at the level of the fetus or after the child has been born. And so women are not getting the same opportunities uh, vis-a-vis education and even like small instances, even in a, in a middle class family that I've heard of. It's like like chicken has been made and like the boy will get more pieces and the bigger pieces and that kind of a thing. Or if there's a limited amount of income, the girl, like the it'll more of the money will be spent on the boy. The girl will be asked to do all the how to help out in the housework in the kitchen and also serve her brother. So I feel like one is the actual discrimination and also the kind of role that that discrimination has on the psyche of a woman growing up in India, because you are not taught that the that the world owes you the same opportunities that it owes men. So basically, you become very very conditioned to feeling like you are not equal to men. So not only are you not getting the rights, but I feel it's also like affecting women psychologically in terms in terms of the social uh, messaging that keeps sort of seeping into uh, the life of a woman. And then the next thing that you're like sort of the your life's purpose is supposed to be to get married. So you know, always talk to a man first. You listen to your father, your brother, then your husband, then later your son. So always the needs of the man are ahead of your own needs. So I feel like even with marriage, like I feel still there is so much uh, uh, dowry, like that whole tradition of dowry hasn't died down at all. It still exists and people talk about exchanging gifts and things like that. Uh, Forced marriages are still on. And then if you want to leave your husband, then there's the whole stigma and the trauma of a divorce. The way like it's not easy to get divorced. Uh, Bride burning still continues. So I just feel like at every step of the way, there is some like huge hurdle. And then of course, when you're working, there is the whole issue of you don't have equal pay for equal, you know, for the same amount of work, there's not equal pay. There's sexual harassment at the workplace. So I just feel like the list is quite like, and definitely I feel like the stigma around widowhood still remains because we come from a tradition of sati where when uh, the husband died, the wife was supposed to jump into the pyre along with uh, along with him because her life was supposed to be mm. worthless if her husband was not alive. So I just feel like even this thing of like widowhood uh, is, is, is so strong and it's still there. Like uh, I've seen even my own uh, grandmother when she was, she was widowed and she was quite young. And I don't know, like she became, no one told her, but she it was so like, and she was really well-educated. She had done a double ME and stuff like that. But still, she had this whole thing of like, I won't wear very bright saris now. I won't do this now and that now. So I feel like, you know, there is so much socialization of what your place in society uh, should be and is depending on what the status of the man in your life is. And then, of course, there's the other thing of so much discrimination against women who are single. It is some discrimination that I've faced a lot, uh, like in... Uh, a metropolis like uh, Bombay where it's actually the most uh, progressive uh, city for women in India and yet like when it comes to housing and things there is so much discrimination and I've been like constantly thrown out of buildings where because suddenly like they'll wake up and they'll be like oh she's single and she can't live here anymore Uh, as though that's a crime so there's so Mm. much uh, yeah and it's very very traumatic because you're like Mm. I'm a tax citizen I'm paying the rent you know, and it's my choice whether I'm single or I'm married or I'm divorced or whatever. So why should I not uh, have access to housing because of my marital status? So I feel like it really sort of adds up. And I must say, even as a female filmmaker, one feels a sense of constant discrimination because uh, first of all, like I think out of all the films made, less than 7% of films made in India are actually made by women. And uh, and then, you know, you're constantly fighting for budgets. You're constantly being bracketed in a certain way because the entire market mechanism from the distribution system, the producers, the exhibition system is geared towards male heroes. So if you don't want to follow that system of the male hero and that big popular kind of film, 
then you're constantly struggling to make your space in this uh, ecosystem so i feel like you know discrimination exists at every level from the time uh, i think from the t- before like a woman is born till the time she dies it exists at different levels so the discrimination i face which i constantly face with my work i'm always like i can't tell you even now i'm always fighting a battle about why do i want uh, such uh, full bodied female characters and it doesn't matter about what the what work i've done in all my like so it's like a constant battle and i think like somebody else will be facing or uh, sexual harassment at work or whatever so i just feel like mm. or, or also the laws are discriminatory in the sense that it's even in terms of property right now in india it's really bad like families always mostly tend to will everything to the son because the daughter is supposed to be you know there is a, t- a term in hindi called paraya dhan which means uh, mm. uh, property of a stranger the very fact that women are referred to as property or wealth and belonging to a stranger is also like quite interesting in itself and then so even in terms of property rights women suffer and if they want an equal right in the property then everyone's like oh she's so like greedy etc so i just feel like so many multifarious uh, levels this kind of discrimination that where to begin and you know what uh, where it will end but i guess you have to keep keep taking a step forward and hope that slowly slowly things change Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing these points up because like you just pointed out that if we can just get back to human rights being a part of that education or empowerment or all of us women just getting together and just standing up for our rights and what you're doing like for example you brought up about objectification isn't that the worst form of discrimination i mean disrespect you've just brought up so many amazing points and also from our point of view it's one of our purposes and our program's purposes to make human rights available to all the gender and all the different kind of levels and what you're doing through your cause is also promoting this through art and so we totally with you and we're trying to create a society which is just built on respect and tolerance and equality and i know like you said it's one step at a time and it's also to begin with confronting firstly what is there rather than not even looking at what is there women very beautifully like to put everything under the pillow and just forget about it so i think it's very important that you talked about these points and these issues i know you've also commented uh, lankrata on women directors being such a low minority as almost 7% and it is very low but looking at this problem as an opportunity don't you feel that we can kind of use it to insist on more education of rights men and women being equal being taught to respect as a way of changing that low rate of female directors i mean uh, honestly when you look at the bigger picture i guess women making fewer films and having lesser space in a uh, misogynist patriarchal culture like india i mean it 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 all kind of comes together because uh, you realize that women don't have the same access and the same kind of space and nor and also if we see culturally i don't think you know like stories have always been told from the male point of view and uh, men hmm. telling the stories even the stories about women so there's a big gap actually because uh, women need to tell their own stories because no one cares enough to tell their stories from that personal and intimate perspective as, as as women can tell their own story so i do feel that but it's really a reflection of society so i feel like even this number of women filmmakers who are there now is because for so long it was so hard for a woman to work on a in a film crew like i remember uh, the first film i worked on there were almost 300 men and there were like three uh, girls there. and there was one hairdresser one costume assistant wow. and i was an assistant director there were three of us and the crew had almost 300 men so this was the kind of uh, proportion in which so how will women directors come up or women cinematographers come up or whatever if they're not and i guess that goes for a lot of professions if you don't start opening up like they also have to rise in their professions if you don't start opening up the space but uh, i still mm. feel that also like I, i feel like it can't be incumbent upon whether it's women authors or women storytellers or women filmmakers to bear this cross of like oh they have to create stuff that creates the change i think that's a very personal choice in terms of what stories you want to tell what films you want to make what books you want to write it should uh, just as men can write and you know uh, make whatever they want to make i think women uh, should uh, write and make whatever it is that they want to make so when we have 50 like you know and i feel like the cult- the cultural landscape 
vis-a-vis representation of uh, women and representation even of the LGBTQ community, all of that is only going to change when 50% of the filmmakers are actually women. So until we reach that Mm. thing is really, I mean, it's just going to be very, very slow and of course chipping away. But I feel then we'll really see what, we don't even know what that culture would be like because even all all our forms of storytelling and filmmaking are so male in every way. And uh, the kind of patriarchy that, you know, that is ingrained in all of us, it's very hard to kind of uh, uh, unlearn, even the one sort of, you know, is more, is, is conscious of it. But it's it's in us. And I think the worst thing is that patriarchy also uses women to further its own cause, which is why you have like the stereotyping of like, you know, the bitchy boss and those kind of things that, where basically, you know, uh, women are not uh, encouraged to collaborate and unite or see each other as supporters of each other, but constantly told that, oh, women are always at war with each other. Women are always competing, whether it's for the same job Hmm. or like, or they can't help each other. Whereas with men, it's always like, you know, they're always uh, helping each other out, whether it's in their corporate careers, through their golfing sort of uh, escapades or whatever. So I just, there's, you know, work that remains to be done also for women to actually start finding strength in other women. I feel that's like a really important uh, factor because uh, men are united uh, in uh, keeping patriarchy going, you know. So even I feel like, and women are uh, are too divided. So until like they start allying with other women, I don't feel like we can really break the path and kind of move ahead and you set the example quite well it's a real opportunity for women who want to get into the field now I think you are opening the way in your field as a director as a writer actually the patriarchy that exists in our society Alankrita also goes against the heart of what it means to be an Indian because I'd like to define two words here and just come to what the constitution says which are renounced meaning publicly declared to be wrong and derogatory which means not showing respect so the constitution article Article 51 says, just perfectly aligning to what you've just mentioned, it shall be the duty of every citizen of India to renounce practices derogatory to the dignity of women. So, Alan Critter, can you tell us any stories of how practices derogatory to the dignity of women affected you personally? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I feel the society runs in a way which is overall quite uh, dismissive and uh, like derogatory towards women. So I feel like the spirit of the constitution is not actually being practiced uh, for real uh, in Indian society at all. We are very, very, uh, you know, far from far from it. So I don't know. I just feel it's in uh, every sort of uh, uh, way. I feel like you experience discrimination constantly so whether it is like, I think for me personally, I feel I've experienced, like I was telling you that I feel for me, the worst thing has been the kind of violence and threat I've always faced on the streets of Delhi, the kind of discrimination I faced, uh, I feel when I was, you know, when I've been thrown out of my homes, etc. in uh, Bombay, just because I'm a single woman. Or the kind of discrimination I faced when, you know, the censor board decided to ban my film because they felt it was, uh, you know, lady-oriented, which basically meant feminist for them. So I Hmm. feel like uh, it's it's at play in every woman's life. I would really like to meet a woman in India who says she's not faced discrimination because uh, she's a woman. I feel even if uh, she's inheriting, like, she comes from a very powerful family within that family she will be facing discrimination because there's so much of an obsession with the male heir so I feel like it's it's so rampant and it's just constant so I just feel like what the constitution says we have to make it real through our fights actually right. constitution mm-hmm. says is not a gift that we can just we have to actually fight it out to make it uh, very real you know, very real in our lives. And I must tell you, like, even when the lockdown has happened, it's so strange. There are, you know, so domestic help is, you know, and India as a country is quite uh, the middle class uh, and upwards is totally dependent on domestic help. And without domestic help being the allowed to come into many people's homes, etc., you know, it's so strange that uh, there are still so many educated families, uh, but still, like, the entire burden of the housework and everything is really being borne, you know, by the women. 
and housewives yeah and uh, it's just accepted and nobody is talking about it right now women are going through because you know they yeah. are doing their kids like online classes they are doing all the jhadu pocha like all the cleaning they are doing all the cooking uh, and of course i'm sure there's some token help being offered by the male members of the family but mostly if you actually like start talking to a lot of uh, indian middle class women, women you will find that the burden that they are facing right now is is just crazy so i feel like it's so it's in everyday life uh, and then of course like just this thing that's broken out right now and everybody's talking about it you know this whole boys locker room uh, that whole instagram chat with these young school boys uh yeah hmm. sort of just discussing how they should gang rape women and actually if you see even on social media you have like the way we are all abused on social media on twitter it's crazy me and like um, i am in fact not so active but so many of my friends the moment you say something they're like oh we'll rape you we'll kill you etc so this mm-hmm. kind of Shit. culture we you know we have accepted and uh, and also like if you look at the film industry the me too movement has totally failed you know uh whoever was accused uh, in the whole me too the whole me too, me too uh, sort of movement all of them are back at their jobs and everything's fine and everything you know so then you just feel like it's quite disheartening also in many sort of ways and also when this bo- in you know this boys locker room thing has just come out and uh, everyone's talking about it you realize that these children who are like 14 15 years years of age and they're talking like this about about gang raping uh, girls is because this is the culture that is normalized this is how people talk this is uh, what they read on social media and uh, this is the kind of violence that actually exists in the villages in the cities so i just feel very very toxic kind of culture and i would want to say that i don't think i mean i feel like women are doing a lot to try and break away and stand up for themselves i think the time has come for men to be educated and i exactly that, yes without that there cannot be any change and you know like constantly saying women should stand up for themselves women are doing the best they can i feel under the circumstances it's the men that need the education education a real education would actually train even young men to understand and respect women like you said it's so ingrained that they think in a certain way and isn't that the worst form of discrimination is objectification and disrespect which actually leads to rape like you very rightly brought about and thank you for bringing this up because yes it's a current uh an issue right now and if it could become a part of every education men being educated or the mindsets that need to change like women already trying to fight through but what about real education that would train young men to understand and respect women what would you teach them like because it's it's not obviously you have a history class and you have an english class where it's facts so what would be alan critter's curriculum i just uh, i don't know but uh, i want to just share an experience that i have so i have a younger brother and he's like uh, 18 years younger than me and when the nirbhaya case happened uh, you know jyoti's uh, gang rape in in delhi so my brother was in school i forgotten but he was in some like whatever i forgotten which class he was in and you know my mom, mother and my sister and me obviously everyone was very very disturbed and everything and i was in delhi uh, for a couple of weeks at that time and i remember one day my brother you know and and that entire thing was going on where everyone was going to jantar mantar to protest and all of that and there was a huge hue and cry and my brother he must have been i don't know 13 14 or something at that time uh, he came back home and he told us that uh, the boys in his class were laughing you know and cracking jokes about the gang so obviously we were all stunned uh, that this was what was going on in in his school so but i i was really impressed with what my sister did my younger sister she's a a a, a lawyer she actually she sat him down and uh, she says but what do you believe so she he's like you know i feel it's wrong of course and how could you know how could um, any kind of violence against a woman is wrong and uh, all of that so then uh, she just asked him she says but do you think that so so she asked him and what did you do when everyone else was laughing and he said that well i just uh, i didn't participate i just was quiet so then she told him that don't you realize that if you didn't don't tell them off you are actually mm. supporting them so mm. yes not that you didn't laugh 
actually whether you laughed or you were quiet it's the same thing unless you tell them that what you're saying and how you're thinking is absolutely incorrect true right and you know those boys were like very some the bullies kind of like yeah like those kind of boys and my brother was is your more like gentle kind of soul so anyway but the next day he went back to school and again they the jokes were happening about the rape etc but he started telling them that you can't laugh and this is not right and he got like he had a hard time for that week but it was like every day he would take one step forward and continue to tell them that you can't laugh it's not a joke this is violent it's wrong and he was i mean i think that he really struggled a lot but my sister was like on a daily basis she was like what did they say tomorrow you go and say this and i feel that's the only way but i think he learned a lesson and of course those boys never spoke to him and he had a hard time in class but i think he did learn that it's not enough to not be okay it's really important to uh, stand up for your beliefs and speak up and to point it out so i feel the thing is with men it's not enough because you know there are a lot of men who like, we don't behave like that but call out your friends when they're cracking the yeah jokes. exactly tell them these jokes are not okay don't i mean so i feel like you know we have to actively participate in at least our immediate circles you know it's not necessary about going out there and saving the world but it really i think it mm. the one on one interactions like mm. you know like telling your uh, extended family to give the property to your cousin as well you know and standing up for your friend who's getting divorced it's like what can we do in our own immediate circles and i feel definitely for the men they have to learn to call out their peers because i think mm-hmm. that's the whole thing even with sexual harassment at the workplace nobody calls out uh, the toxic male culture like men don't call mm-hmm. it out so unless men are calling it out calling out each other nothing is going to sort of uh, really change so i wow i love that perspective yeah, yeah really it's it. it's really true and uh, you see what you've done is you've really brought about a strong young man uh, there and that can be expanded because where you've got this lesson being taught to this one boy now we are talking and you don't know how many people will listen to this but also mm. alan critter's curriculum in school or on tv or whatever why shouldn't you have a lesson which teaches behavior dignity Look. respect and basic what are what are your fundamental basic rights or what is it that in should school. be in school like like education of dignity and tolerance and what are your basic yes. rights don't discriminate don't bully respect women or we are all born free and i have experienced discrimination of different types when it's interesting because throughout my career and what i find is that being able to kind of fall back on the truth knowing my human rights or sticking to my integrity and even more standing up for them though it hasn't been very easy and i've had my own share of stories and experiences but i think i've just been able to stand strong despite all adversities and every woman Woman should be able to stand strong in her own knowledge of her equality, but also the point of what about the men standing up in their sphere when they see something which is not okay or not right? What about standing up and saying no? Okay, this is not correct. Well, this struggle's been going on for seven seventy-one years. The Constitution was written, um, and it's time that uh, that We're men still that, facing these yes, issues, isn't it? I do the dishes. You know what happens is like uh, it, it's interesting because if you look at it the constitution was written 71 years ago but it's still there I mean the issues still exist we also know that you are a follower of Nishan Daishanan's Buddhism so I wanted to read a little quote by Geda Sensei which really sums up that um, struggle for me and I quote that happiness is not determined by family lineage educational background or physical attributes nor is it based on fortune or social standing happiness is determined by our own heart there is nothing more noble strong and beautiful or indestructible as a woman's spirit living for justice unquote alan krito why is it important people are aware of and stand up for this right uh because uh, i feel like if you're not aware that uh you have the right to not be discriminated against you will think that this is how life is and you will continue to normalize it and you know continue to live in the status quo without questioning anything so i do think that it is very very important um for all of us to like really know our rights 
and uh, you know i'm also like uh, talking from a very urban working woman perspective i think it's very like you know even like what are what are the do's and don'ts vis-a-vis sexual harassment actually if you talk to most working women they don't know the details and i feel that is very disempowering because if something happens they think that they can't speak up you know that there is no recourse so of course if you don't know uh, your rights you're not familiar with what are the ways uh, that you can access those rights you will continue to suffer so i think it's you know it it really does begin definitely begins with you know being aware being um, educated about your rights and uh, even if you don't have like you know feeling like you're not feeling uh, strong enough to fight for your own rights knowing what are the alliances that you can sort of uh, lean on to help you access those rights so you know for instance a woman is going through you know an abusive marriage you know like knowing who to call who can help you talk through it and understand what your rights are in that situation because so i just feel like without no without knowledge it's very very hard to actually make any uh, progress and i do feel that uh, that knowledge is 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 there at a very vague level it's not uh, very clear and also i feel but i feel there's a deeper issue we also don't feel we deserve that equality and that is what socialization actually has done to women you know you don't feel like your own ambition your own dreams your own like every your own life is as important or uh, you have been brought up with that feeling that your ultimate aim is to support the men so that is i feel like you know the, the thing that really needs to be um, shaken up and we all have to shake that out of our systems yeah totally i mean what rights we already have have been extremely hard fought for so it's an insult to the people who've suffered for those rights not to insist on them it's so true well ankrita you know i grew up in a household where my mother wasn't allowed to work or pursue her dream and even her inheritance was taken from her simply because she was a woman luckily because of the oppression that she faced she made absolutely sure that i had every opportunity and i was able to pursue my dreams in the path i wanted to go and never letting anyone push me around and it was quite empowering but i think that came because of what she went through so she didn't want me to suffer through that path but it's it's still there and it's being fought for and it's a day to day battle isn't it yeah totally yeah uh, i just wanted to add uh, you know one thing which uh, i find very uh, uh, which really bothers me you know when we talk about this uh, whole thing about being educated about one's rights like i find uh, in a lot of women in, in india uh, even though they're urban uh, educated and all of that like they don't want to own the term feminism they feel like you know it's uh, too strong a word this is again something patriarchy has fed them that it's not you know like somehow uh, stating that you're f- feminist or fighting for the feminist cause is somehow making you less of a woman and uh, this is so problematic because i feel the fact that we have you know the right to study the right to vote the right to drive the right to work has all come because of the feminist movement and the struggles of generations of feminists uh, before us so i feel like you know even that kind of an education understanding where you are in vis-a-vis your rights uh, how hard those rights have been fought for so to not let fritter them away you know so i some hmm. feel that to not value uh, what has been fought for by generations of women uh, hmm. and disregard all of that and then not ally with the idea of equality you know like so if you say go oh, i'm not feminist so i'm like then do you believe that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities yeah but you know whatever so i just feel this vagueness doesn't help at all like we should be very very clear that the world needs to be an equal world so that socialization is is, is really i feel uh, something that needs to be uh, fought i couldn't agree more lankrita because the pulsating desire for women to be free and to dream and that they that dream that they have not to be thwarted is all of it is alive in all of us and i think as a filmmaker you view art as a medium for honest reflection on life and society and that also comes through a lot through your films and i love the perspective that you communicate through the women and the characters and and it's beautiful what's been your greatest challenges and successes concerning this right Oh, I guess my greatest challenge really uh, has definitely been vis-a-vis uh, you know equal rights so women has really been to 
make the films that I want to make. I think definitely it's a very tough profession and it's especially tough if you want to tell stories that don't fit into the heteronormative patriarchal cisgender type you know like literally like that very male hero kind of perspective which is also like very mainstream and all of that so i feel like to create a space where you get money for your films and you can somehow make them and then they somehow like get them out i guess that is the greatest challenge and like i said that challenge continues to be there so it's not like if you fought one battle and won the battle goes away it is just persistent because people are always wanting you to fit into what they consider safe and anything that challenges the status quo is not considered safe so it's a constant uh, sort of battle because you know i also Uh, uh so i feel like i guess definitely because i feel if i chosen a more i i don't know like a safer more regular profession i would have had some other kind of challenges i don't know so, but i feel my biggest challenge is to somehow like mount my films and my stories and somehow get them made and somehow get them out and like well uh, to us you're a superhero because you communicated women empowerment to uh, probably a billion people so we want to know when the film about you is coming out i would watch it for sure actually <laughs> let me play you <laughs> jokes apart so what can realistically be done to make this right a fact i guess it can't be just one thing it's going to be me- many many things and it has to be many people taking small small steps you know so at, at at many levels i think like legal implementation level education level but mostly i feel it's in the education of men that the answer really lies if you want to if you want to see a proper shift without that there it's not possible because i feel like the, the kind of entrenched patriarchy there is in india every single indian man is benefiting from it every single indian man there is not a single indian man who doesn't benefit from this patriarchy so unless uh, there's some huge shift in the mindset of men it's very hard to uh, move things i feel women will continue to do whatever to keep creating more space but for that big trigger sh- like that big shift there has to be some change uh, uh, in mindsets in the mindsets of men because they're hmm. stifling women so it's not and then like i'm saying so that male kind of mindset also is using a lot of women to further its cause and i just do feel that i don't think any man should absolve himself of the you know of the responsibility that somehow he's not involved they are all involved you know when you're letting your wife serve the food you are involved you know when you're laughing at that joke you're involved when you're like so you're always involved and you're always responsible so i feel that thing so when a, you know like a rape happens in india they are like oh women shouldn't go out no the men should be told to not go out they are the ones who are perpet you know perpetuating that crime so they until that full shift happens i don't honestly see that much hope i feel small small steps will happen but i don't know that big shift i i, I don't have the answer for it I was brought up by a single woman. My mum was like a very very powerful independent woman and so because of that it, I just completely believe in inequality and that's just normal to me. So I think that the more strong female role models the country has like you yeah yeah the the more men see well look this female superheroes or whatever it takes creating characters like she does right. through her films which right. speak up and which have a voice or even just right. having a dialogue and being able to create interaction and engagement and so there can be a shift in mindsets and thinking you yeah. know nothing is more powerful than film nothing it's the most powerful medium to change the world yeah i really don't so, know about that i think it's a great medium to start conversations and have people reflecting Yeah the culture is made up by artists and uh, the mindset is completely formed by the culture that a person grows in and films are a big big part of our culture so what what you're doing cannot be underestimated at all 
Absolutely, Alankrita. And we really admire you for the work that you're doing, not just your work, but also the fact that you're very gutsy and you speak up your mind. And I love the fact, like you said, feminism is such an idea that you want to run away from, but you want equality. Why not own it? You know, just own it. And like... Are you a feminist, Sheena? <laughs> yes, why not? Great. <laughs> but we're totally with you on that. And uh, so where do we sign up? Well, we're signed up, humanrights.com. <laughs> okay, Lankrita, let's have some fun now. Rapid fire questions. Ready? Yeah, okay. Okay, so what image comes to your mind when you think of non-discrimination? Maybe just, I guess, nature and lots of mountains. Wow. Great. I never think of that. That was nice. Who's your human right hero and why? My B.R. Ambedkar, I would say. Because, Great. Uh, nice. because I feel yeah, caste is, is, is a real uh, horrible system that we have and uh, I really I need to change. Him. Yeah, really admire him. Very true. Who would make an amazing female prime minister? Oh my God. My friend, the actor Konkana Sen. Great. Yes, yes. <laughs> I hope she's hearing and she gets motivated and right. joins politics. Does it? <laughs> what should her first law be? I think she would really take action to... Uh, end discrimination on the basis of caste, religion, and gender. She would take some really proactive uh, measures and uh, do some serious legislation vis-a-vis ending discrimination. We're going to vote for her. (laughs) So who is the most badass female fictional character and why? I love, in recent times, uh, I really love uh, Fleabag. So I think she's like wicked and beautiful and I love Fleabag. Great. What animal represents don't discriminate? A dog. I love dogs. Cute. What film best represents non-discrimination for you? I think Monsoon Wedding by Mia Nair. My favorite film. And uh, I think it represents many things, not only because I feel like it gets at the heart of an Indian family, examines the dysfunction within that family, it has a very interesting view on love and arranged marriage. It's very, very empathetic. It's made by an Indian filmmaker and it's so universal. So it's very local and universal at the same time. It's uh, very honest. And yet it's not like, you know, there are all kinds of characters. And yet I feel it's a very, very uh, female, like the film has a very female soul. But it's got color and beauty and joy and warmth. Yeah, it's it, it's a very beautiful film. Beautiful, love it. It's one of my favorite films as well. So, is there a message of hope you would like to share, Lankrata, especially with everybody locked down in the houses? I think the one message I'd like to share, which I think really is more like telling myself, that I feel like uh, there's a lot going on outside. And within each of us, like I feel there is a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of despair, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot that is, and especially if we look at India, I feel like we're seeing also harsh inequalities come in, like it, it's staring us in the face, we, there's a lot of fear. So I just feel like I think this is a time that it's very, very important for us to be kind to ourselves and uh, Hmm. kind towards others as well. So I would say that for me, I think right now the thing that can really see us through is kindness towards ourselves and towards others. Uh, Because it's a bad time. You can't be so harsh on yourself or be very harsh on others. So I think kindness and humanity are the things that can see us through. Beautiful. Very true. Very true. So my last question is, what would life be like if the right to don't discriminate was 100% followed? That would be utopia. <laughs> we, uh, I think what we call Jannat, which is heaven, would be amazing. Uh, but, um, you know, there's beauty and struggle too. And um, I think uh, because women have been discriminated against so much, I, I feel like I don't even know what it would be like, actually. Uh, to, I can't even imagine that world, to be honest. I can only imagine going forward. I can't imagine the utopia when things will actually change dramatically. I don't have a... My imagination can't go that far, which means we're very far from that uh, situation. But I know that it would definitely be a way better world. uh, Just a more just world, a more beautiful world for sure. 
Wow, I'd love to come and live in that world with you. And hopefully, like they say, it begins with imagination. Who knows, one day it does become like that. Thank you so much for being on our show. We wish you the best. And we really hope that you continue to work with United for Human Rights to achieve more equal opportunities for women in the coming years. I'm deeply touched by your words, your perspective, the struggles behind them, your purpose, and also the victories ahead of you. You have helped release so many women so that they may be set free to find their freedom. And so sadly, we now must set you free too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alan Critter. Thank you, Sheena. I'd like to end by letting you know that United for Human Rights provides free online human rights courses, as well as we mail free curriculums to any school or university in the world. So please go to humanrights.com and start a course and tell your school or, or university that they can order a free curriculum. Alan Critter, I wondered if you wanted to say anything at the end. I just uh, wanted to say thank you. It was uh, so lovely chatting with you guys. And uh, yeah, and uh, thank you so much for all the good work that you're doing. And uh, you know, you're really creating hope. So that's uh, fantastic. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. It's been so inspiring for the audience to hear Alan Critter's stories. But now, audience, we want to hear your stories. Please record a maximum 90-second video with stories of your point of view, struggles and successes to do with no discrimination, and we'll upload them on our YouTube channel. Also, send us your Don't Discrimination artworks, drawings, poems, paintings, etc. We're running a contest to show our favorite chosen stories and artworks on the screen at the United Nations in New York next year. Email your stories and videos to fra. S-E-R at humanrights.com. That's Fraser at humanrights.com. And lastly, if you want to volunteer to help spread awareness of basic rights and equality, please get in touch. We need all the help we can get. Bye for now. Take care. Stay safe. Human rights define the word equality. If we don't respect and love each other, we're just living a lie. Because united starts with you and I. You feel me? free to prance and what i'm saying gotta keep it together no matter how bad the weather it will be all right keep it tight because we all got our freedom rights every day from the night to the broad daylight don't discriminate learn to appreciate so you don't have to imitate don't be the one to hate it's never too late you got the right to life, innocent or proven guilty, you can say what you like, gotta get the education, don't throw it away, know your human rights, cause it can help you someday. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट